The New England Patriots have extended two of their key players, but what does it mean for the product on the field in 2023? This and so much more on Mailbag Tuesday. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. We are a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So subscribe or follow for free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. And today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and help you do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Patriots fans, I am your host, Mike DeBate. Cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. Reach out to me. Let me know what's on your mind on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at LO underscore Patriots. It is hashtag Mailbag Tuesday. Some personal time yesterday on the pod, but we are back and the mailbag is wide open. And who else would I welcome to open up the mailbag? And the man the mailbag was created for our good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com. Thank you for coming to me in friendship on this Mailbag Tuesday, Don Murphy. My pleasure, bud. My pleasure. It, it's, <laughs> telegra- it's Telegraph Tuesday. It everybody, is. Everybody, meet, meet Butt Munch. Hello. <laughs> butt Munch. Um, You're looking very Don Corleone-ish, Murph, with the cat, you know? <laughs> I, I like it. It's, it's a good look. It really, really is. Good look. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're afraid pet, to be on my bed. <laughs> Someday I'll call upon you to do a service for me, Murph. You never wanted my friendship. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh man, sorry about that, folks. You know, you see, little little butt munch was just climbing up my leg here, and I was trying not to scream, <laughs> so I had to pick him up, put him down over here. And, I like uh, it. We uh, got a new locked on mascot. This we is got a new locked on <laughs> mascot, butt munch. Yeah, it, it's Telegraph Tuesday. We, did, we we couldn't do a show on Mailbag Monday, so everybody went down to the uh, the Telegraph office and sent in some great questions. You know, we want to thank you all for doing that. Michael, always my pleasure to be here. Always an honor. And uh, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get right into it. And as always, some great questions submitted by all of you locked on every dares yeah. out there. Uh, Murph and I continue to be humbled, grateful for all of your it support. It was rough this week. It, was it really, really was. Some good questions. We're sorry if you didn't get on. Resend them in next week because there's a good chance that, that, that we'll get those in there. It was a rough choice this week, but we got three good ones. Yeah, Newman would not have been happy this week, Murph. We no. spilled over into an additional yeah. truck with the mail that right. Locked On Patriots received. And that little hiatus in between, you guys continued to flood mm-hmm. the Patriots mailbag. And unending gratitude uh, for all that you do here on Locked On Patriots for us. But, Murph, we are going to kick this into gear. And where do we begin but with a very familiar good friend here on Locked On Patriots? 
home run derby may be over, but Miguel continues to swing through the fences here. As you can tell, our first question brought to you by our good friend, the Pats Cap. And here he is. Did the recent Parker Bentley extensions change your 53-man roster predictions? And if so, how? Now, Murph, this is a good question. I yeah. recently did 53-man roster projection for SI. Now, I'm going to get into that in just a moment, but I want to get your take on this first. Obviously, these two players factor into the Patriots' plans for at right. least this season and beyond. Some were happy about these extensions, some not as happy. What is yeah. your take on this? Does this change how you project this team's roster moving forward into the season? No, it really doesn't. Uh, if you look at the deals, it, there's not a lot of guaranteed money, especially for Parker. Bentley, I, I love I love Bentley. I, I mm. love this prediction. I, I wish when we were asked uh, a few weeks ago, you know, who would who would get extended? I, and, and we were talking about, you know, most of these guys are going to wait their Their agents are going to force them to wait through, uh, free agency. I, I wish I had mentioned Bentley in that. And I I'm glad he's here. He's a prototypical linebacker here. He's a bill Belichick kind of guy. He's a fantastic leader in the locker room. And I'm glad this deal was done, but with the, the Parker deal, you can really get out of it. Um, you know, without much uh, damage done towards the cap at any particular time. There's a lot of incentives built into it. And quite frankly, it gives a little stability, you know, uh, injury concerns, uh, you know, push to the side there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, gives a little bit of stability to that uh, to that wide receiver room because there was really nobody locked up other than Juju Smith-Schuster as a veteran uh, up until that point. Without question. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because a veteran presence on this staff is something that I think the New England Patriots are going to need, whether it be the prospect of adding DeAndre Hopkins, which is still out there. I know there was some issues with his clam chowder recently, and that's not, you know, sitting well with some of the fan base folks, but there is still a chance that DeAndre comes in here. I don't need it. You don't have to. (laughs) Oh, come on, Murph. You don't like a little chowder every now and then. No, I don't do seafood. Yeah, that's that's a rarity here in New England. It is, but they are. It is. But it does. But it does. It, everyone to his own. Imagine, price. imagine, folks growing up in Gloucester and and getting fresh seafood from the dock whenever you wanted it, and you just say, "Nah, I have a ham sandwich. I have a burger." <laughs> I was the weirdo. Go ahead. Got a shipment coming in from Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, the mob yeah. movie quotes are coming yeah. out today on, on Mailbag the Tuesday. Mob, that the has a tendency to happen. Absolutely. We take mob movie questions on Mailbag yep. Days as well, folks. So don't be afraid to submit those. No. We'll answer those right on the air here on Locked On Patriots. But bottom line, whether DeAndre is at it or not, uh, New England, I don't think, is likely to carry more than five receivers at this right. position. They simply have too many needs at so many different positions. Yep. And I think it's going to be tough for them to roster six. Now, is it possible? Absolutely. The sixth guy is playing uh cornerback. Yeah, that is where I would take away from this yep. wide receivers group. And I would put a little bit more uh, into the cornerbacks group, especially with the uncertainty surrounding Jack Jones right, right now. The five wide receivers that I recently rostered for Sports Illustrated, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, and here's the one that's going to spark some reaction, I'm sure. Keyshawn Butte. I have Keyshawn yeah. making this roster, and a lot of people don't. Um, I understand the arguments against it, so I'm not saying this argument is infallible, folks. But 
from what I'm hearing on his injury history, and other than the broken ankle, his injury history is actually pretty clean. Yeah. He dealt with a hamstring injury in high school, minor left ankle injury just prior to the ankle fracture that kept out for so long. Speaking with medical professionals, Dr. Kyle Trimble was a regular guest here on Locked On Patriots. I've had several yep. conversations with him about Kayshawn's injury and how this might shake up. Really, the fact that he played all of 2022 on this, not missing any further time, should tell you that he's healthy enough to be able to right. go out there and to do what he needs to do. So I think a Foxborough flu stash might be an unlikely scenario for Kayshawn Butte based on that. Is right. it possible? Again, folks, anything is possible, but I just don't see it. If you're looking at a situation where it's psychological or it's motivational, I think he's ready to prove the doubters wrong. He's so tough to bring down after the catch. He's got the size, and he's got that inherent speed to be elusive when changing direction. And this is something that I think will endear him to the Patriots yep. brass. The question is, is, is he dialed in? He's saying all the right things. Mario Douglas has outplayed him right now in OTAs and minicamp, but right. we've seen flashes of rookies before come in, have great preseasons, or in this case, off-season workout programs, and then as the bloom starts to come off the rose a little bit, you start to see these guys come back down to earth. If the Patriots are going to roster a rookie here, I think it's going to be Kayshawn Butte. Like you can look, you can look great when you're five foot eight and there's nobody covering you. Okay, you can look really, really good, yeah. but um, he, he he's got SM all disease, small, he's small, <laughs> and um, you know it, that's nothing to laugh at here in New mm -hmm. England because we all know what 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 shorter guys, uh, height, uh, um, height guys who who just don't measure up height wise to to what you would think is a prototypical guy, but but I really I don't I, I agree with you, Michael. If 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 somebody is going to make it off the off of this uh this rookie team, it's, it's going to be Boutte. Yeah. And this is all assuming that DeAndre Hopkins is not on this roster, right. folks. If he signs on the dotted line, I don't think Kayshawn's making it. Nope. So he's not going to earn that roster spot over any one of those four guys ahead of him, whether it's Juju, Devante, Kendrick, or Taekwon. Those guys Kendrick's are not going anywhere. Let's, yeah, let's just exactly. Stop. Let's Kendrick just is remaining here. So is Devante. I know you yep. said, and I agree with you, that this is an easily movable contract if the yep. Patriots want to get out of it. But the way it's structured this season, Devante's not going anywhere. Nope. He's here for the long haul, and he yep. should be. But yeah. with regard to Douglas as well, and I did want to bring this up, I don't think his size is going to deter him from being a part of this roster in the future. I love the way this right. kid plays. It's it's just doesn't, it doesn't fit future. now. Exactly. It's just it's about bodies and it's about structure right now. If these two guys play each other competitively as rookies, I got to give the nod to Keishon Butte here because of his ability, his size and what he brings to the table in terms of potentially being a top flight receiver when he's locked in. The question is, can the Patriots keep him locked in? He's got Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien do that. If you're not locked in playing for those two guys. Yeah, then maybe the Patriots, uh, you know, cut bait here. But I have a lot of faith, and I think he'll be okay. Um, mm -hmm. Neither one of us mentioned Bentley too much. Uh, his extension really didn't change my projections all no. that much. I had him as a major member of this linebackers core. I still do. Did this change your perspective at all? No, not really. Uh, he he fits right in. I mean, would we? Can we finally say goodbye to Ronnie Perkins? You know, if, mm -hmm. if that's that's changing my projection at all, it's just, you know, Mac Wilson senior 
Therese Hall, Marty Mapu is is not going anywhere. We know that that's happening no matter where you're seeing him on the on the depth chart. No, it doesn't really it doesn't really change what I'm thinking uh, as to my my roster projection, which I haven't made yet, people. <laughs> Oh, I've been slacking a little bit. Yeah, I'm so yeah. so into so into writing, you know, about the the five game over five hundred Red Sox that I haven't jumped into. This is this is my outlet. This and and locked in uh, one Patriots place is my outlet right now. It's the time <laughs> that I have because I write slow. Well, that's okay. We love it. You know what? It doesn't matter. Slow and steady wins the race a lot of times, Murph, and you're always spot on. And that's what we love about this here. And we love getting the mailbag questions to share with you here on Locked On Patriots. So, Pat's Cap, what can I say? No plaque for the alternates. One doesn't exist. You have no equal, my friend. No. The salary cap top gun is always on his mark. Miguel, we appreciate you. And thank you for submitting a great question to kick us off here on Locked On Patriots Mailbag Tuesday. But, Murph, we are far from being done yet. we got a couple of great questions to bring us into full circle here on Mailbag Tuesday. Next one, dealing with Bill O'Brien's ability yeah. as a play caller. Is he better than Josh? And are the Patriots better off long term? Lots to talk about, folks. We'll be right back here when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked on listeners, some will tell you that the key to a happy life is love, and others will tell you it's financial security. I leave it to you to determine the key to your own happiness, but what is the key to my happiness, you might ask? Comfortable pants or shorts, as the summer is clearly upon us. That's right, folks. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bird Dogs, the most comfortable lower body wear that you will ever have. Bird dogs make you look good. Fellas, you definitely want to get you some for the summer months. I own a pair of their joggers, and they are by far my favorite pants. The perfect mix of fit and comfort. And just in time for the summer, I'll be wearing my bird dog shorts, the best shorts I've ever owned to keep myself comfortable and cool. These shorts fit way better than those regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, and that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So don't delay. Do it today. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Go today, birddogs.com slash NFL. That's fans, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Locked On Patriots and making us a part of your everyday Patriots coverage. Remember, we are your team every day so keep those questions comments anything on your mind coming to us on twitter because even though we feature you on mailbag monday or tuesday in this case your questions comments and concerns are welcome each and every day here on locked on you are the ones that keep us going especially all of you everydayers out there much love much gratitude much appreciation and speaking of love gratitude and appreciation my good buddy here on the other side of the screen has joined me today here on mailbag tuesday Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports, already knocking it out of the park with a lot of great wisdom and counsel when it comes to Devontae Parker and Juwan Bentley. But our next question, Murph, 
comes from a longtime listener of ours, Matt Urban. And Matt had a question about Patriots play calling. Now, the Pats didn't quite swap Josh McDaniels for Bill O'Brien. There was that Matt Patricia, Joe Judge hiccup in between, but a lot of people are looking to Josh McDaniels as the litmus test for Bill O'Brien coming in and being the play caller here in New England. I think a lot of people are going to be comparing him to Josh much more so than Matt or much more so than Joe, because let's face it, I don't think the Patriots play calling situation really had anywhere to go but up. So in that vein, We're going to take a look at Matt's question. And he comes in saying, I think McDaniels was overrated. Okay. (laughs) Everyone's entitled to their opinion. A lot of people, I'm sure, agree with Matt here. Great play caller, but not a great or even good offensive coordinator. Right. TB, meaning, of course, Tom Brady, folks, made up for a lot of holes in his coaching. Not good teaching new players or adapting scheme to fit layers. I think Bill O'Brien is much better Do you. Murph, I'm going to kick it to you first. Do you believe that Bill O'Brien is a better offensive coordinator, a better fit in New England than Josh McDaniels? I think he's a better coach. He's a better coach. He's a better teacher. He is a teacher. Um, I agree. Josh McDaniels is not a teacher. He's a guy that you can describe as a professor. Okay, and I I don't know about you guys. I didn't learn a lot from professors except what they wrote on a board. And that's what Josh McDaniels did while he was here. He stood in a a meeting room. He wrote wrote stuff on boards. Um, I don't think he's the guy that went out there and got hands on in the way that O'Brien did or in the way that um, Charlie Weiss did or Ernie, Mm. even Ernie Zampezi. You know, um, you know, go, even going back to, to Ray Perkins, these these guys were coaches. They were on the field guys. Um, you, you didn't see them. You you didn't see Josh under center saying this is what you need to do and that's what you need to do. Josh was able to lean on the greatest football player of all time. Josh would send out a package and allow um, allow Tom not allow Tom, but, you know, watch Tom work his magic over the years and uh, no, this is this is a huge upgrade. I agree. I agree with uh, with everything that was said in this question that, you know, Josh is 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 just not that hands on guy that is going to walk somebody through something while they're on the field. This is where you need to cut. This is how I need you to cut. O'Brien is. And if you don't do it the right way, O'Brien's going to let you know it in no uncertain terms. Yeah, very, very well said. I happen to agree as well. And I'm as big a Josh McDaniels fan yeah, as you'll no, find huge. In, this, in this environment here in New England. I think he was great for the for what he needed to do and the synergy he developed yep. with Tom Brady is unlike a lot of offensive coordinator and quarterback relationships that you'll see. There are a few that could rival it, but I don't think there's anybody that's going to surpass that in terms of what these guys could accomplish together. But in terms of teaching, in terms of actual play calling, Bill O'Brien, I think, is a much better fit for this offense. Look, Bill O'Brien was always lauded as a pretty good play caller throughout his entire career, whether it be here in New England or whether he went to Houston. Penn State, what he did at Penn Penn State. State. He's the boss. He knows what wants yeah. to be done and he, and he gets results. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it's this was going to happen this year, regardless of what 
went on last year. If the Patriots went 12 and five last year and got out of the wild card round, this move was still being made. This is the mm-hmm. move that Bill wanted to make last year, but he right. didn't out of Very respect. Good. Yeah. Very good point. I, I see that narrative an awful lot that, oh, Bill was forced into this move by Robert Kraft. Folks, no, that's not the case. That's uh, not Bill, true. Bill Belichick has an extreme amount of reverence for Bill O'Brien. I think this is, again, like Murph said, a move he wanted to make last season, wasn't able to do it, and then essentially tried to make do with what he had. Now, you can criticize Bill for that, maybe saying that, you know, the succession plan or whatever, and we're going to get into succession plans in just a little bit, folks. So keep that under your hat. He wasn't ripping the rug out of his buddy uh, Nick Saban's uh, living room. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. You know, he wasn't said, Vito, come on in. Come on in. You got a rug. (laughs) I got a rug for your wife. You're not doing it. Exactly. Yep. And then he took him out for espresso afterwards. You know, it falls right into line. Um, You know, with, uh, you know, obviously, folks, yeah, Godfather Part Two. Again, mob movies keep coming back as the central figure here. Absolutely. Uh, But um, one of the things that I think Bill O'Brien started to, or you started to hear a little bit about Bill O'Brien's play calling was, time in Alabama the last Mm -hmm. couple of years you're hearing from fans media covering the team um, a little bit of national media I think feeding off of what was coming from Alabama at the time but you look at Alabama's offenses under coach Kiflin under coach Scarsesian offenses that were predicated on a lot of creativity right very similar to what Josh ran up here in New England not similar in terms of stature but similar in terms of some misdirection some you know a little aesthetically pleasing things that led you to believe that you're looking at a very, right. very good play caller. Sometimes slow and steady can work against you. And things that case, make you I want to play fantasy did. football. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, I think it worked against Bill O'Brien. You look at the Alabama Crimson Tide offenses that he coordinated, averaging 40 points per game in two seasons under Bill O'Brien. This is not a team that couldn't find the end zone, folks. No. So anyone telling you that Bill O'Brien couldn't coordinate down there or wasn't a fit in Alabama, I don't think was watching or giving him his just due for what he right. did. They wrote um, it off as the talent that was there for him to yeah. use, you know, and that was just wrong. You, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't plug anybody in there and just do it. You you, yeah. you couldn't. You, you'd have success. You wouldn't be 40 points a game. Exactly. That type of success shows that there is a lot of prowess in the play calling that's being done. So anyone thinking that Bill O'Brien is going to come in and be dull when it comes to play calling here in New England, Far from it. We're already yep. seeing some interesting and eye-opening things on the field. And as the old saying goes, folks, you ain't seen nothing yet. Can't wait to see what this team looks like in training camp, even more mm-hmm. so in preseason and then into the regular season. Going to be a lot of fun to watch Bill O'Brien work with his weapons here. But it does lead me into my question for you on this, Murph, and that with Bill O'Brien coming in and mm-hmm. taking the reins of this offense, <clears throat> what's going to be different? from what we've seen, obviously what we saw last year under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, but even different from what we saw with Josh McDaniels. How does this change the complexity of the Patriots offense? You know, that's a really difficult question to answer because I want to run home to Mama here and say, you know, you know, we're best Earhart, you know, show that that had been run here. And what what you're gonna see is an expansion. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna move away from from the the you know the flavor of the month thing and, and go back into the, the encyclopedia Biltanica and start pulling out different volumes. 
that that we haven't seen in a while. And yeah, Bill is going to you know you'll, you're going to see more bunch formations. You're going to see more um, split out uh, uh, tight ends in in different situations than than we have in the past because Bill because O'Brien simply has the tools to do that. Yeah, without question. And I'm so glad that you said that because I think one of the biggest things, folks, that you're going to notice right off the bat with a Bill O'Brien offense is they're going to get away from attacking the deep part of the field out of shotgun. That's right. not something that Bill O'Brien is predicated on doing. They're going <coughs> to try to win their battles in the middle of the field. Yep. For years, the Patriots offense dominated between the numbers. Under Patricia, they tried to unlock under more center, vertical elements. Under, yep. Yeah, and it didn't work. It really just did not. The results were inconsistent at best. So right. that's where you're going to see that. It's a timing-based system under Bill O'Brien. You're going to play the matchups, attacking the space where you know you can win based on what the defense that's is it. showing you. That's where Bill O'Brien shines. That's where Mac Jones shines. He did Last a very year was good a job. forced narrative, okay? They, they, Absolutely. They forced it to the point where Mac Jones couldn't even make audibles at the line of scrimmage. Okay, right. there was so much shotgun stuff, you know, it, it took so many pages away to be used. And, and you're going to see those pages put back in this year. Absolutely. Without any question. And one thing that uh, I was uh, uh, talking to our good mutual friend, Evan Lazar of Patriots.com about not too mm. long ago is Bill O'Brien's need for increased tempo. You're going to see an increased yeah. tempo this year. You're going to yep. see the Patriots get to the line of scrimmage, call plays a little bit more consistently. One of the small nuances of doing that is simplifying the play call. So you're going yep. to see a lot of one-word, two-word play calls. You're not going to see a whole lot of phrases coming from the backfield, coming from under center when Mac Jones is taking snaps. Uh, you're going to hear Haas Juke terms that are going to be thrown around. And folks, I know you hear Haas Juke an awful lot. Uh, our good friends, uh, mutual good friends, Steve Balistrieri and Mark Schofield, love to talk some Haas Juke. That's essentially the hitch seam on the outside. There's so much to That's do out of route. it. Yeah, there is That's so much to do uh, out of it. There it is. You well, know, it gives the quarterback it uh, it gives the quarterback an answer out of any coverage. Right. So out of you any can coverage. see that what this really does more than anything is it allows the tempo package. It confuses defenses. Right. It creates mismatches for the best players because you're not sure what the opposition is doing. Go back. That's and where you you're saw see me Bill cutting O'Brien that shine. key every week last year. Every mm-hmm. single week. Can we yeah. please get back into tempo? Can we <laughs> please run some no huddle? Can we, you know, it, it, every yeah. single week? And now Mac is going to be able to do that. He's going to go into the huddle and he's going to come out with the next three plays. And actually, those next three plays are the next 12 plays because he can do four different things out of each each set. Yeah, without question. That's exactly what's going to happen for the New England Patriots there. So, Matt, excellent question. Uh, gave us an opportunity to really get into the playbook a little bit of the New England yeah. Patriots and try to speculate as to what you're going to see on the field. But how did we get to this quarterback position that the Patriots are playing right now with Bill O'Brien here in the house? What succession planning led to that? And has it been subpar under Bill Belichick since Jimmy Garoppolo walked out the door? Yeah, we're going into the way back machine for the next question and about to have a lot of fun talking quarterback succession when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast wraps up. Locked On listeners, these days every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out our good friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team. They help you do it faster. And here's the best part. They help you do it for free. You can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So don't delay, do it today. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and they help you do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining us here today on the pod. This week, all throughout the rest of the week, going to be starting training camp previews, folks. It's hard to believe that the Pats will be hitting the field for the first time in training camp on Wednesday, July 26th. It's going to be a lot of fun, so keep it locked into Locked On Patriots because we are your team every day from now until the last snap is taken in February, Murph. A lot of football here to come and a lot to come here on Locked On Patriots, so stay locked in. But today, we are locked into the mailbag with your favorite and mine, that count of Murphy Fisto, the legendary Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com, showing you today why he is the legend he is. All things talking about Devontae Parker, Juwan Bentley, quarterbacks, all great stuff. Bill O'Brien, yep. Murph, definitely enjoying this one. But our next question really, really made us, I think, appreciate the Locked On Patriots mailbag, but it also yep. made us hop in that Belichickian time machine that we love to hop in so much and really take an examination of the Patriots' progression in the quarterback position. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's bring it right up. First-time submitter here, Nick Stano, found on Twitter, at Nick Stano 2 It says, can you folks explain where the narrative came from that Bill Belichick and the Patriots had no quote-unquote plan for their next quarterback after Brady left. I looked at Cam as the interim and then draft one. Yep. Sorry to bring all this old well, up, <laughs> and I still hear it from time to time. Well, no need to apologize. We all hear it from time to time. And this was a great question. It's a little bit way back, but I thought it was a great one to bring up, especially at this time of year, Murph, when right. we're talking about the past, where we've been, and where we're going. Right. Obviously, the Patriots' succession plan under Brady was not ideal, but some will make the argument that Bill Belichick played this perfectly. A veteran quarterback that can come in, handle the hype, handle yep. the press, give them an opportunity to reset, and then go after the guy you really want in the draft. Is that what we're looking at here, or were the Patriots essentially caught um, you know, like a deer in the headlights here when Tom Brady decided to take his talents to Tampa Bay? They were, because quite frankly, Bill never thought that Tom would do it. Bill never mm -hmm. thought that Tom was going to leave. Okay, bottom line. And um, and so, yeah, they did get caught with their pants down just a tad bit. But the way he handled it and the way this question was posed, I thought was brilliant. Okay, mm -hmm. it, it's it's uh, they, they, they brought in a veteran that, that could do all the things that, that Mike talked about and then went out and got the next guy. Um, now... If the former had worked out a little bit better, the latter probably wouldn't have happened because you wouldn't have been in position to, to draft him. Uh, you, 
it, it was I, I you know, the day that Mac Jones was picked was, you know, uh, one of the, the happiest days of my life. I, I was I was thrilled that he fell to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the best quarterback in that draft, the, the most pro ready quarterback that could be had. And uh, and I'm glad for it. But but like I say, if Cam had done his job, then they wouldn't have been able to draft Mac. Uh, but if Cam had done his job in the way that that Bill thought he could come in here, we we might not have been looking for that. I mean, they, they still would have drafted a quarterback. It just wouldn't have been Mac Jones. What had happened before then goes back to what I was talking about with the fact that that you know, nobody really thought that Tom was going to leave. I didn't think Tom was going to leave. Bill didn't yeah, think Tom was going to leave. I thought they were going to work something out. And at the end, Kraft was going to come in and say, nope, give him what give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. And uh, I'm sorry that, that there wasn't that Jimmy G behind him. Um, but Jimmy had gotten paid. And, and you could probably say that maybe Bill didn't get enough for Jimmy. He could have gotten more on the open market. But Bill loved Jimmy, and he did Jimmy a solid in letting him, uh, you know, sending him to a place where he uh, he could could exceed and excel. And yeah. with the exception of the injury bug that just keeps plaguing this poor kid, he has. He really <laughs> has. He absolutely has. I mean, I think people don't give Jimmy enough credit no. for being a quarterback that had that team within an eyelash of beating Patrick Mahomes and the mighty Kansas City Chiefs. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't sail that pass into the end zone, folks. You might be talking about a whole different legacy for Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, I think most people forget that at the time when Jimmy was coming up for contract and the Patriots were thinking about how to handle this situation, it wasn't financially possible to keep him under no. the franchise tag back in 2018. No, nope. he wasn't going to accept a lucrative offer to sit behind Tom Brady here for another right. number of years. He wanted to see the field. He knew he could do it. And yep. you have to respect that. Um, and you have to respect fu- Bill for hanging up the phone when on the first call when they said, would you trade Tom Brady to us? Exactly. And, you know, you're not trading Tom Brady, especially no. at that point. Bill Belichick knew it. Uh, he never really wanted to move on from Tom. Tom, I think, in an, a lot of situations, uh, looked at this as an opportunity to further his legacy. You can get into a whole show on what Tom Brady's motivations were mm-hmm. for leaving the Patriots, and we probably will do so Wait, as it comes yeah. closer in opening week, because, you know, it's going to be a lot of Tom Brady talk here on Locked On Patriots leading up to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles game. Don't worry, folks. We're going to oh, give God. the game a lot of its credit, but we're going to talk a little Bray as well, because that is a part of how the Patriots are going to open the season. But in this regard, Jimmy was not going to hang around here, and the Patriots were not going to force him to hang around here. I think you can look at this, and we hear all the time that, oh, Belichick was backing up the Brinks truck to keep him in here. Um, despite of what you'll read elsewhere, there was no official offer that was ever made nope. to Jimmy to make him the backup to Tom Brady and make right. it lucrative. So the Patriots simply ran out of time there and they gave Jimmy the best position for him to get into. And I think they also took the best offer on the table in that regard. If you want to make that argument that that was their succession plan and it fell apart and the Patriots never really rebounded from it, you can. Um, I think that in some ways, uh, some people will blame the Patriots for that. But Cam Newton coming in here, I think, was a reaction to Tom leaving. I don't think that was right. part of the plan. Cam was available. He showed an, uh, a, an interest in coming in, playing for Bill Belichick, and being able to handle the load of succeeding Tom Brady. 
And say what you will about Cam's year here in New England. I had a chance to cover him up close and personal. Got a chance to get to know Cam a little bit. Got better rough than I had after ever COVID. Him. Yeah, it really did. He got it, COVID and it got really, really rough. Yeah, it did. And that affected him. But the one thing I will give Cam the credit for, and I, I do give him all the credit in the world for this, yep. Cam never shied away from the struggles yep. that he had on the field. He never pointed the finger. He never blamed anybody but himself. Um, and he always expressed a desire to improve. And anyone that watched him in limited sample size practices that we had after training camp, you only get a little snippet of the beginning. You can't really see what the Patriots are doing out there in practice, right. but Cam was always the most engaged guy on the field. And I can say that with confidence. And that's something that I believe really And the clips the clips you people saw on, on TV were, were not indicative of of how committed and how engaged he was. Because you just yeah. saw him dancing out there on the field and being Cam Newton. And uh, they, as Mike said, that that wasn't the case when the cameras no. were were not fair. No. And even when you saw him dancing on the field, it engaged his teammates. His teammates were yeah. right there alongside him. I mean, you can make the argument that, oh, the camera focused on cam dancing. But you want to see the other guys around him. They were in <laughs> they were caught up in it as well. Yeah. So this was his way of being able to try to lead this team after the greatest quarterback to ever put on right. shoulder pads decided he was not going to play for your franchise anymore. What happened with Cam was he took on the burden of Tom Brady not being there anymore. And right. only a quarterback of his stature could handle that. Did it work on the field? No, it didn't work on the field according to what the Patriots wanted. They needed to make a move and they needed to move on. And they did that by drafting Mac Jones. So I don't necessarily put as much negativity on not having a quote-unquote plan for succession. Yep. I think the Patriots did the best they could with what they had. And in this situation, I think it did work out to their advantage because I think right. people this year are going to see what everyone in that Patriots draft room saw in Mac Jones a couple of years ago and the ability that he's going to show on the field this year. I'm telling you right now, Marcus Mariota wasn't coming in here this that year and handling the things the way that Cam Newton did. Joe Flacco right. was not coming in here. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton was not coming in here. Case Keenum or, you know, was not going to come in here and and handle walking through the door after the greatest football player of all time had walked out of it yeah. and handled it, the job in the way that Cam Newton did. Right. I Absolutely. did. I did. I did a 180 on my thoughts of Cam Newton as I got to see him. And you know, I don't want to say know him because I don't know him, but I respect him a great deal. Yeah, without question. And I think that did fester a lot of respect among the not only writers that covered him each and every day, but the fan base. Um, yep. And I think that you have to respect what he did here. Whether you like what happened on the field with the New England Patriots, right. that's all fair game for criticism, folks. I would never chastise anyone for criticizing a fan or whatever that didn't like what they saw on the field during that period. You can criticize that. But uh, in terms of, of heart and attitude, uh, he really, I think, brought it in a way that not even Jarrett Stidham could have. And he was right. Tom Brady's backup. And a lot of people thought that maybe Stidham should have gotten the shake over Cam. I don't think that would have played out well either. I don't no. think Stidham was ready at that point. Nope. And I still don't think that that would have been uh, the most prudent course of action. Uh, it did lead to the drafting of Mac Jones. And only time yep. tell, folks, this season starts the true referendum on Mac Jones and right. how he's going to be remembered here in New England. He has a good season. 
Patriots will do what they need to do to keep him in a uniform. I'm confident of that. If he doesn't, oh yeah, he'll be back to the drawing board in yep. Foxborough sooner than we think. So that jury is still out in terms the of how the Crafts love him. The yeah, Crafts they really love do. him. They yeah. really do. They really do. They, they, the Crafts are sorry about what happened last year. They, they, yeah. Nobody, nobody expected that to happen. Nobody, nobody. Well, a lot of people saw it coming. Hi. <laughs> I know a guy, but 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 gee, I know a guy. There's a the, you know it just to bring it back full circle. Um, last year was was the backup plan. Right. Last year was Plan B because mm-hmm. Bill wasn't going to bring anybody in here for a single season, and you know he looked to his right and he looked to his left. He said, "Okay, you guys got to step up and figure this out." Hmm. Yeah, without and they question. Didn't. Yeah, and <laughs> they didn't. And you know, as much of that. For whatever slice of the blame pie you want to serve to Bill Belichick on that, that's your call, folks. I would say virtue lies in the middle. I would put less on the players than I would on the coaches because in that regard, if you're not keeping the team together, that's a coaching thing, and it has to start at the top. Bill Belichick yep. also knows that this is an opportunity to kind of clear some of the dust off his uniform that he got last year. Look at yeah. the national narrative surrounding took, Bill right he, now. It's and he not took flowing. all the blame. He said beforehand, yeah, he if did. this doesn't work out, it, it's it's all on me. Yeah. And at the end of the season, he said, you know, yep, it's all on me. Exactly. And the, the, the local wavered. media just keeps asking for another apology, and it's another <laughs> apology, and another apology. I'm not going to say sorry forever. Yeah. I took the Bill blame Belichick. and move on, okay? That's it. Mm-hmm. You, you, don't, you don't run after your kid and keep blaming him for taking an extra cookie. You know, three weeks later. No, you had you took an extra cookie three weeks later, and, and you know, no. <laughs> yeah, Bill Belichick does his apology on the field, folks. That's where he does his yeah. apologizing. Uh, yeah, you're just it's that's where you're going to see the difference this year, and I think it comes back all full circle, locking up key veterans, mm-hmm. having a competent play caller, and now knowing what the succession plan is moving forward and right. having guys like Bailey Zappi in the house. That's why right. Zappi is here, folks. You saw that last year. Mac Jones goes down with an injury. Zappi comes in, and this yep. offense does not miss too much of a beat. People will give you the argument that the offense looked even better under Bailey last year. It was different. It was different. It was a more simplified version that Bailey right. could run very well. The offense that Mac was running was much more complicated and I think much more disjuncted because it was a complicated offense running by a non-complicated coach. And right. that is a recipe for disaster. And it's what you saw last year. That's it. it you know, the, it was it was like putting a center in at nose tackle and asking him to freaking go and succeed or vice versa. And it doesn't happen. You know, right. it, it just doesn't. Uh, a lot of people got on me for for saying it at the beginning, saying, you know, coaching is coaching. And, and these are, are people in the industry that that I know, love and respect. And uh, but, you know, I was right. You, you just can't do it. It's not the same animal. No, it isn't. It's not the same animal at all. So what we hope to see this year out on the field is a much better product than with. As like Devontae Parker in the wide receivers room, Juwan Bentley continuing to be in that linebackers room, yep. Bill O'Brien calling plays, and Bill Belichick and Matt Jones hopefully being on the same page this year, you're going to see a lot better output for the New England Patriots than you saw in 2022. But folks, the beauty part of it is whether we see that or not, your questions continue to take precedence here to open up the weekend style on Lock On Patriots. And once again, Don't forget to stay locked in because all week long, we're going to be breaking down training camp battles, talking about the latest news of the day, 
Locked On Patriots, taking no more days off. We are here for you, your team, every day. And, of course, each and every week, you can always count maybe a little more than just each and every week, but at least each and every week you can count on the golden melodious tones of this great man sharing the screen with me right now, the legendary Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com. You are the true Don of Locked On Patriots, my friend. Before I let you go, please let everyone know where they can interact with you, where they can find you, and what we can expect in terms of coverage this week. The great pen, the great voice of Thomas Murphy. All right. Um, you can find me over at e2gsports.com. Red Sox stuff almost every day. Uh, you can follow me on the Bird app at Team Earth 207. And yes, I promise you folks, by Friday, I will have my full roster projection out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hold you to that, Murph. No, okay. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> All of the great content that you find from Murph is always available on E2G Sports. Check that out. You always check him out on One Patriot's Place. And he's always a fixture here on Locked On Patriots. I, for one, could not be more honored and grateful for that. So, Murph, under those circumstances, we look forward to having you back here extremely soon, folks. You know it's going to be sooner hey. rather than later. But in the meantime, please continue to stay safe and stay well and be the change that you all wish to see in the world. On behalf of my good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, the Dancing Destroyer, the Green King of Sting, my good friend Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com, I'm Mike DeBate. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow here on Locked on Patriots. Free Jack Jones. <laughs> <laughs>